everyone. Hello and welcome for another episode for another Game as We Care show here tonight with Jeff Gagnier. Hello. Hi, hi. Hello. I would like to um, welcome Jeff, by the way, and I would like to say a few words about you so we have a context about who, who I'm sitting here with today. Um, so Jeff, guys, he started 2005 already um, for Ubisoft as a game video game tester in Canada. And only one year later, you managed to um, achieve um, being a game level designer. So, um, and you started uh, there also at Ubisoft. And I think what you love the most is creating open worlds. Um, you started with Warcraft 2 over Assassin's Creed and then up to Battlefield 5. Uh, therefore, you also uh, moved to Sweden, to Stockholm. And, uh, um, and you have a big heart for everything around Vikings, is that right? Yes, it is. <laughs> and now the most important part, you like carving. Yes, also. I love Where it. Where is that? I don't I have no idea. I love wood. It's kind of cool. I don't know. It's 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 kind of great to uh it's cool to create something out of your hand and the texture. You know, it's it's just like it's relaxing. It's one of these things that you just do. It's not like playing games or anything like it's obviously I do that, but it's stressful most of the time depending on the game, but carving is it's always relaxing. Always to just do the thing and the sound of it and the smell of it and yeah, it's a cool thing to relax. <laughs> the thing about is you're not doing it by yourself. I mean, you're doing it on Twitch. Um, so, yeah, I haven't streamed for quite some time now, but uh, yes, I also do that on stream sometime. I was like, yeah, why not? Why not? So, like, so it's like um, meditational, basically, for you. What other yeah. people do, like, I mean, it, it's a whole process, right? You're going out to the woods. You get your wood sometimes yourself if you don't buy it, right? Mm -hmm. Oh, absolutely. <laughs> It happened. It happened sometime. It's just like there's all different type of wood and different hardness, and then I just sometimes I just yeah, let's go, let's go get a dead tree and carve something out of it. I never cut a live tree though. What I really love about that when you started that, I thought like that's interesting. I mean, when I saw you before, like on Twitch, you were um, what I saw before. You were mostly streaming about like um, level design and gaming, you know, and and stuff like that, right? And and then you switch to that and and it basically opened basically my world about Twitch where I I mean I know people were streaming other things but I don't know it, it kind of wasn't real for me till I met you and I actually really enjoyed just joining your streams it actually was meditational for me as well kind of you know you had this like nice music on there it was communication back and forth and it felt like you know a group of friends is like meeting again on Twitch so it it gave me something as well I really like it like like it when you're doing it um, yeah I mean I was not. Uh... It's another part of Twitch that I was also not aware because I I started streaming that and there was like this whatever category that is crafting or like art and crafting or something like this. And there's that guy in the UK who raided my stream at some point and I saw that he was also a woodcarver and then I saw that like there was like all these people who paint miniatures and the people doing music and the people doing like blacksmithing and like... There's all these other part of Twitch that is absolutely not video game related. I was kind of happy it's that I was just put alone. It's educational, right? It's yes. kind of educational as well. And I think this is more and more a thing actually on Twitch where people actually enjoy. Absolutely. Finding, finding things where they can improve, right? But if you want to get something done, streaming it is not good. <laughs> <laughs> Why? <laughs> it's just like, it takes, like, I, I, I'm able to carve a little face in like 30 minutes when I do it by myself, but then on stream it takes like two and a half hours because I talk to people. Yes, and, and I always ask, can you show another camera? Can you show? Yes. Yeah, let me just finish this one face. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> yeah, but this is, I mean, this is the cool thing about, you know, we can basically create it with you. At, at least I feel a bit like that. Yeah. I really like that you're doing that. Um, but by the way, you're right now at Ubisoft. I, I couldn't even find out. Can you even talk about, like, which project are you working on right now? Absolute secret. Okay, no problem. I didn't know. I was like, wait, I don't even know what he's working on right now. We never talked about it. Even Nobody knows. The screen, you know, like. Uh, that's totally fine. But uh, I'm, I'm really looking forward to see what you're working on, though. <laughs> Let's wait for that. Um, yes, you will have if, to wait. If you can describe uh, in your own words, like, how would you describe your way from 2005 to now? 
Like, uh, I know you always say like, this is not a um, usual way to go as a game level designer. There. Well, I mean, yeah, I, obviously starting in the industry in 2005 was really different than now, especially back home in Quebec. Uh, in Quebec City, there was not that many people who wanted to work in the industry and, and everything. Like, let's like, I really hate the word luck because I don't consider myself lucky to be where I am now. I work for it, but I was lucky to be there at that time, basically, when I started. Um, because Ubisoft just opened in June, and then my cousin was like, hey, there's a video game company. They're looking for someone, for some video game testers, and uh, you should apply. Like, he applied too, sadly. I got the job and not him. But uh, thanks to him, that's probably why I'm in Sweden now, uh, 15 years later. But uh, yeah, so, you know, I got the job and everything, and... Uh, I was lucky to be there at the right time. I was lucky that there was a guy who was looking for level designer 10 months later. And he was like, I became friends with him before. And, you know, we drank together and we had parties together and stuff. And he was like, hey, I'm looking for level designers. I had no idea what was a level designer. I had literally no idea. And I was like, what? You can get paid to make maps? This is so cool. You know, I've been, like you said, I started with Warcraft 2, like, in 1996 or something, 1998. Um, so, uh, you know, I, I, I had some sort of an interview that was not really an interview, and I, I became a level designer, and then, you know, I climbed my way from there. Uh, switch companies, switch everything. Then, you know, uh, I had a burnout in 2017, I think. So I was just like, okay, let's find something else. I thought about leaving the industry at that point, but then I was like, maybe if it didn't really work at one company, it doesn't mean that I can't work in the industry anymore. So I applied at different companies and then I was like, yeah, you know, why not? Let's go to Sweden. <laughs> and that's why I, that's, I ended up in Sweden. Uh, and that's, I'm, I'm having a blast here right now. And that's basically 15 years later. So my parkour is a bit different i guess because uh like i said it was easier in 2005 to get into the industry and they were literally hiring anyone i was literally anyone <laughs> and that worked out for me um it doesn't really work like that anymore because we hire i don't know let's say 100 people per whatever season out of i don't know 2000 or whatever random numbers so uh it's not as easy that it, as it was before. What changed from, from now to that time? I did, besides that the hiring was very easy, like uh, what, what kind of um, qualities do you have to bring now instead of... Oh, that? well, you have to be like... It's, 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 it's sort of what I always say, you know, like you have to be really, really good at what you do now. I'm not saying that like back in the days you didn't have to be good or anything, but uh it's like you have the we have so much choice now in the industry in terms of like people we can hire we will just take the best one because obvious reason uh so it's just like whatever you do you have to be either super super good at it have good connections so sadly i mean that can work or be like different in a way uh do something special have this little uh cool thing, you know, uh, that is, that can bring something new to the company, for example, some, uh, uh, an experience that is related, but not at the same time. Uh, when I was looking for level designer, when I was lead on Assassin's Creed Black Flag, uh, if someone had like architecture or visual composition, or, you know, something that is sort of related to design or not, uh, it's a big plus, obviously, because you can bring something else. Uh, Back in the days, like I said, especially back home where I'm from, uh, it was not, there was no, there was no school, there was no like way of learning how to make games or anything. So it was just like a bunch of people who were like, "Oh yeah, I was doing uh, that thing," or like I used to work at the the government to make like 3D stuff for buildings and infrastructures. And these people could move into games, for example. Uh, I work with these type of artists, for example, but uh, now it's just like, there's so many schools, there's so many ways to learn, there's all the internet stuff, you can self-learn, you can like, there's there's a lot of uh, uh, competition in, 
in the industry now, obviously. If you could get, um, if, if, if you would talk to a student, like um, whatever you see, like, you know, wants to be after, what could you give them as an advice, like before we enter the real world? Uh, whew, that's a good question. Video game is hard. Um, people need to get there with an open mind. Uh, it's not easy. Um, but it's fun also, it's young, um, not get too attached to your stuff because video game get cancelled, video game get changed, video game is an iterative process. So uh, like, yeah, get there with an open mind and uh, be more than happy to change your things <laughs> really often because that happens a lot. Mm -hmm. By the way, what you're saying there, like it reminds me a little bit of this. Isn't there this issue like when you're developing games that most of the time like it's your baby, and when like when it comes down to well, this game is just not a success, and they, you know, like Battlefield Five for example, when they said like they they wouldn't work anymore in that game. I mean, you have to let go, right, on a point. Oh, absolutely, and I mean the first the first mistake that people make probably. I mean, I speak as a designer is to consider their design to be their baby or something like that. Because it's like, like I said, it's like video game is an iterative process and your baby gets smashed around really quickly all the time because whatever the design you have, uh, whatever first idea you have, it will change anyway. And yes, you have to let go. Uh, you don't have to take anything personal, obviously. As devs, you know, now with social media, we interact more and more with fans and gamers in general, and there's the good side, which is always fun, but there's also the bad side, and the trolls, and you know, the haters, or whatever. They can be justified or not, that's not the question here, but like, you have to grow a thick skin, you don't have to take everything personal, they're talking about you yourself as a dev, you know, it's like all these things, so it's it's way better if you just distich, like like distance yourself from the product that you're making. It's a product, after all. Yeah, I think it's funny because if you because you said it like Twitter, for example, you know, when everyone is like, um, I, very often I see this um, thing where people are hating or, or messaging, you know, devs here. When right now I have the feeling that more and more devs are actually on Twitter and join Twitter and are more active on Twitter as well. So people assume basically, like, let's say they are a dev for Battlefield Five, that they are automatically working on their issue, you know, like and and, and messaging, messaging them like in the open, like look here in my, in my video, you know, this and that is not working. Can you please fix it? And my first thought is like, how do you even know this dude is working on your problem? You know, and I mean, also it's most of the time, it's a private Twitter account. It's your, not your personal, you know, platform to, to ask anything from them, you know? Um, and so there's a question. Are they, are they so... Is it maybe, are they so desperate that they feel they can't talk to nobody so they go just openly to randomly people because they see they can? People Is don't. it maybe also a problem for the company so they don't give like to enough communication channels or is it just a thing that we live in a society where everyone can talk to anyone and we use it? Well, I mean, it's like, it's, it's a lot of facets, obviously. Uh, companies can't talk about everything because... That's just how it is. Like companies are, uh, you know, there's a lot of uh, people who deal with the money and stuff. And whatever you communicate as a company can have a really bad or good thing with you. So it's like that's why community manager and TR people exist because they are trained to answer to questions and stuff. Um, but then on the other hand, you have us devs who are super passionate and we go on Twitter and we have our own personal Twitter. I mean, you're, it's us who decide to show that we are working in a game. Like I could not state anything about who I am and where I'm from and what I'm working on at which company and nobody will ask me questions for this, for this thing. Uh, but there's also the fact that people don't know how games are made. Uh, that's just easy as it is. Like. It's you don't go to uh, the whatever sports store to complain about Nike shoes or like how they. I have no idea how shoes are made. You know that's that's just how it is. But um, we are the first line of contact. They're like, oh shit, I have a direct contact to 
a game dev, you know? It's like anything. I could literally tweet to Dwayne Johnson today. It doesn't mean he will answer to my thing, probably won't, about his latest film. Uh, but I have this line of contact, you know? And this, it's the same thing for gamers. They have, a, they have a line of contact, and we are super passionate about our work. So when we have questions or anything, uh, we try to answer, but then sometimes people slip. Sometimes you don't say something that you were about, you were supposed to say. Sometimes you just want to help, but that's not how it works. Some companies are more open about it. Like when I was at DICE, it was a thing. Like pretty much everybody could just, you know, talk back and forth on Twitter. Nobody had a, a training of that, which is kind of, when you look at it, it's, it's kind of shit because, you know, handling communities, that's why community, like I said, community manager exists because they are trained to do so. We are not as devs. So uh, when people get in and they start harassing you or saying that your game is shit and stuff, you know, it's like, now you have to take a step back because if you answer to that or get in, it's like you put more oil in the fire, basically. So it's like, I can't blame people to for contacting dev directly because it's how, it's half part, the problem is half the, uh, or it's, it's half our fault, basically. Because we don't really say also how games are made. So people are just like, they assume that everybody works on everything. Uh, like, oh, stop, uh, stop posting picture that you're taking breakfast and fix your game. You know, it's like, well, we also eat. We're also human beings, you know, we also do that. Is it a, like, kind of like a fix your game culture right now? Like, I, I feel like companies are already, um... Like games are coming out too soon, like unready, unfinished. And I mean, I know it's always like that there will always be work on a game, you know, don't get me wrong. I, don't, I never expected a game coming out and it's perfect. And I don't mind if there's here or there a problem. Um, but, but it more and more felt like the last years that especially multiplayer, they're bringing out games which are just not ready to publish yet, you know, and then um, it gets worse and worse and people are more frustrated and frustrated. So why is it? Are they so? Do, do they need the money so badly that they need to, you know, bring out a game after the other, even without finishing it? I mean, is it wise? I mean, it's like it depends on the company, I guess. Uh, it's uh, you know, I haven't worked in many, many companies, but it's not not all companies have the chance of just being able to ship a game when they can ship a game. But it's like there, there's so many layers on that. It's like asking for asking for more, giving less, less time of production, then people overscorping their project and not being able to deliver. And you know, there's there's so many different layers into AAA gaming or gaming in general. Of like, at some point you have to ship. That's it. You have a date, and that's it. You committed to that date because there's the people at the top who deals with the money, and they expect the game to be shipped in that at that specific date. You know, so uh, then it's like management and everything like this. Like I said, there's so many layers. Yeah, so, uh, many, so many things working together, right? Oh yes, but like yeah, companies are made. Companies are there to make money. You know, that's 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 the that's the sad truth. But would they make like less money if they bring out a game like I mean if they think like long term? Uh, is that isn't that the question? I mean nobody knows properly. They probably just go the safe way, I guess. Uh, yes and no. I mean you can have like people who go the safe way or people who just like just drop things without expectation. Uh, seeing Apex Legend, mm -hmm. nobody fucking knows about it, and then bang, you have that thing that came out of nowhere. Uh, Fall guys, and... the same thing. Yeah, no, exactly. Oh, and like, I mean, I mean, they were not expecting that popularity. And no. uh, now it's among us. You know, it was like nothing. And now it's like so many people watching and playing that game. And, you know, it's. Uh, so I, you've got to be lucky as well, I guess. Oh, yeah. But it's, it's mean... too big of a question to be answered, like mm -hmm. just right there out of the bat. I mean, mm -hmm. like I said, companies need to make money. How do you make money? You ship games. Uh, yeah, and then you have the quality, and the thing I always say, no game developer want to ship a bad game. There's absolutely no game dev at all in the whole fucking world who want to ship a bad game, but sometimes it's like, okay, you have to do this, okay, it will take one month, now you have two days. Okay, I'll try my best, you know, and you do what you can, 
and then it was overscoped, and then management failed. Management failed, or like you know, you have all these things with it. But uh, one thing for sure, no devs ever want to make a bad game. Uh, that's just there. That's just how it is. But it's how not much, as easy. How much pressure puts that on a level designer, like mentally? Well, not as much as any other people in the industry, I guess. But we a lot, <laughs> a lot. I would say it depends on the company, it depends on the project, it depends on. Uh, and the management, I worked on games that were like super easy. Everybody, everything was super free flowing all the way from beginning to end, no overtime, no nothing, you know. Mm -hmm. And then I worked on game where you have people logging like 1,000 hours of overtime in a year, and then people collapsing on the side of me and my friends and stuff. Like I have horror stories in the industry, and that's like everybody, every dev probably has horror stories. And uh, that's just like, there's a lot of pressure. There's there's really really a lot of pressure to ship on time, and then you know, it's sometimes it's not even overtime. When I when I ended up in a burnout and a a, a depression, uh, it was not even because I was doing overtime. It was just the pressure to ship quality that was so high that uh, everything I was doing felt like it was shit, and I was told that it was shit, and I was trying my best and and try more and more and more and more, and at some point I just collapsed. You know. Uh, but yeah, that's that's uh, you know making making games is hard. <laughs> Believe that. Believe that. I mean, it's, so many things come together, and at the end, you you're one part of it. Um, doesn't matter if you're important or not, but everything has to fit together, right? Yes, and uh, you know you're just a small cog in the machine, and uh, yeah, ninety five percent of the production, the video game, the, the game you're making is shit. Nothing works, everything breaks. Then at some point you just there's the magic that happened and then boom, everything works. Everything blends together. And uh, you know, that's uh, and then you ship that in a box and you put that in the market. How how did you overcome like um I mean w once you realized, you know, I'm I have a depression, you know, and this is too much for me and all the pressure but you always probably had the feeling once that this has to stop. Like how did you overcome that? What did you do to get back in this positive state of mind? Well, that's a really that's an interesting question because I'm not exactly sure if I have overcome the whole thing yet after three years. Um, once you're broken mentally, you're pretty much broken forever. That's just how it is. Imbalance in your brain and stuff and whatever. But like. I was I was uh, seeing a professional, and we talked a lot, obviously, about the things, and I read more about myself. And you know, on my old blog, I was writing an article about that. Like, we have three four hours per day. There's eight hours of work. There's eight hours of sleep, and there's eight hours of whatever. Sadly, the eight hour of work normally can't really be moved, and then you can add more, like an hour before and an hour after, just for commuting. So it's more like ten hours. And then, then you want to do something in your life because working and sleeping is kind of boring, you know? So we kind of cut in the sleeping part usually, uh, which is kind of shit because sleep is so important. Uh, but I basically overcome, I basically overcame the big thing when I have realized that I really needed the eight hour of enjoyment in my life, basically. Um, Sleep was obviously really important, but like I don't know, is there any, is there really someone who can sleep eight hours straight? I don't know. For me, I, I can't really like. I usually sleep like six, seven. I don't know, something like that. It's a, it's a luxury, really. But uh, the eight hour of enjoyment was what was super important, and it was really really important when I was talking with my uh, my doctor also. Uh, that's what she was telling me uh, that you really need this eight hour of enjoyment. Do something that brings you happiness. And with happiness comes all the cool things like serotonin, endorphin, like all the cool drugs, basically, that your body generates for you. And all these things were good because when I was having my anxiety attack that I didn't know was anxiety attack, I realized that the only way for me that was uh, good is when I was doing sports. Uh, when I was doing sports and sweating and running and stuff, with my friends, I was having fun, and then all of a sudden everything was great. Um, and then I realized that after 
uh, it was the same thing. And since I'm making games, playing games was not exactly the thing that would generate that much fun for me. Uh, because I'm always analyzing the games I'm playing, you know, that's that's like, that's the sad thing. I'm a, I'm a professional, so I'm always, always looking at all the things and be like, oh, I could do that, I could do that in my next game. Or I always know that that thing is bad, I should not, like, what, why have they done this like this? So I started doing, like, like I said, sports, started climbing or something like this. I was in sport with my friend, I was spending time outside, I was walking the wood, you know, nature, all these things. And then basically it helped me. Uh, recuperate and then yeah also the, the the joy of looking for a new work a new new job basically uh kind of gave me hope uh because i like i said earlier i was like i think i would just quit the industry uh i'm done like it just it led me to this point there's no way back uh but then after you know after the the the, the curve going down and going up again i was like no that's probably not right. I, I should I should try something else. You know? So I applied everywhere, and uh, when I arrived at Dice, it was that was a big leap of faith, but that helped me also. Like this new thing, this new life, this new country, new language, new people, new way of living, new job, new all the things. Like as humans, normally like having something new is exciting. That keeps a lot of happiness. And things. So that also helped uh, quite a lot. Yeah, totally understand. Like, um, I, I feel like, I mean, um, having, having a few breakdowns myself, like, um, after, after you're like, kind of can leave it a little bit behind and looking from retrospective, um, you realize because you said in the beginning, like once you had it, it's never over. And then you feel like now it's a process. It basically just starts something new. You can like, it, it, it's, you can see it from the negative way and say like, okay, I had a breakdown, you know, everything is fucked up or you can see it from a perspective like okay i was missing something and i need more like eight hours of sleep god you know meditation carving mm -hmm. whatever it is you know um so so the question would be for me like um when i'm overwhelmed um i have this habit of breathing like i just wherever i am i'm in the car or i, I just feel like i'm stressed about something and i have a, a monkey mind you know what a monkey mind is everything is got yeah so i have a monkey mind and then i realize okay i'm having a monkey mind and i feel like my my breeze is like flat you know and i'm stressing myself and then i just try to turn around and okay now i just breathe in like 10 times whatever deep in devout and everything is better so this is kind of my habit of overcoming like when i feel like unfocused overwhelmed whatever do you have something like that for you yeah i mean that's the thing you like you like you just said when you realize that you're you're past that point uh like you and me and all the others um now i know when it happens so uh normally i will just go have a walk go like just just change my mind basically uh because it's been happening like last week for no reason i was really feeling weird uh, i went to the barber i could that, that was the sad part though i could not really have a walk but like I, I was, I was feeling that I was having another anxiety attack or something. But for no freaking reason, I was sitting in a barber, and it was super quiet and everything. It was super nice. But normally, when I can, I just, I don't know, uh, I just go have a walk, a glass of water, think about something else, look at the wood behind my place, and just listen to the wind or something like that. Just, just something that can sort of like trick your mind into thinking about something else. Basically, this is all subconscious because when I'm, probably the same thing for you, but like when I'm having an anxiety attack or a surge or something, I'm not like, it's not forced or anything. I don't even know why it's happening. Uh, so I just know now that you can't really do, you cannot just force it out. You just take it in, I guess. And how I solve it normally, I just like, yeah. Go have a walk or something. Go do something else. Like now with work from home, it's even easier. <laughs> when it happens and I'm in front of my computer, I just I just fuck up somewhere else and I do something and I uh, come back at some point and it's it's fun. You know? That's how I cope with it. Basically. That's that's that's. I think that's very important. Like um, everyone has to find this out for themselves, I guess. Um, but I feel the first step is awareness and 
what helps me also is like sometimes stepping out of myself and trying to look at myself from from the outside perspective. Um, she funny. I just I just was reminded of a story I had. It was like twelve years ago actually with a friend when I was still a student, and um, she's uh, she's from Eastern Europe and she's always like a very passionate woman. You could say like loud and passionate woman like and every time something did go wrong and work she was like the first time like jumping in and you know like she's a fighter type of girl and then so i was still smoking we were, we were going for a smoke and she looked at me like i don't know how you do it why are you always so calm why can you be so calm in that situation you know i mean he was a fucking ass or something like that and i looked at her and i realized um i decided once i don't know even when that if i if I have a situation, you know, where people are engaging and, and stress about something, whatever it is, you know, I always ask my, myself this question, like, how do, how would I think about the story, which is like right in front of me in 10 years? Does it matter? And I, I bet with you, like 95%, this situation don't matter. Mm-hmm. You know, it's, it's a fight for nothing. It's stress for nothing. So this is how I basically can step away from the situation and just say, like, well, let's go for it, you know? Have yeah. fun. <laughs> just, and it really helped me over time a lot. Um, just, um, well, sometimes ignore situation, I feel, is the best to stay healthy, I guess, for yourself, you know, for your own sake. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I'm happy that people are fighting the good fights. On all facets of life, um, everyone has their own struggle, <laughs> um, and yeah, I mean, I'm, I'm fighting against my, I'm fighting my own fights uh, for what I believe in, for example. But yeah, sure, uh, it's it takes awareness to just realize that not all fights are worth fighting for. I guess uh, some people love being stressed in that way, maybe. I have friends like that, you know, they would go in and everything and stuff. And I think I was maybe like that before, but yeah, when when you collapse once, you just, now you're aware that this thing exists. And you're like, oh, okay, shit. So how can I not do that again? <laughs> so now you see the patterns and you see the signs and everything, and you just like, okay, no, now I will let it go. That is cool. Don't need to stress about that. Uh, but I can probably understand maybe some people it's their way of coping with other things and some people like me before I was just not aware at all that I could like I, I would never imagine like depression I can't have that like why why would I have that you know, up until the time when it arrives and it just slaps you in the face basically and now you're aware that is it is a thing uh, I guess we all learn the hard way basically <laughs> absolutely i normally do things t- twice wrong before i learn yes like i always say the ex- i think like why couldn't i i couldn't have learned it first time now i need to do it a second time <laughs> because the experience experience is the beautiful thing that makes you realize that you made the same mistake twice that is experience <laughs> But I think there's really so much power in getting out of this frustration mode. Like, especially if I if I relate that to gaming, what I see the most is um, if you're playing with with people who are waging a lot. And I think if you have this mindset of stepping out of the problem and getting into a solution mode, it's so much more fun to play actually games. Like, um, I mean, it, let's just say we are talking about a standard situation multiplayer games. Like, okay, these campers. And I think like, well, I love campus. I know where they are. Just get there, you know? I mean, do something. There are always ways to kill campus. At least you know where they are. You know, you can see yeah. it in a positive way. But no, most of the time we are going straight in and stressing ourselves more than, I mean, can you change the, the situation? Yes, I know. If you can, do it. That's the only job you know you have to do. Absolutely. Uh, but it's not, it's not easy for everyone. Uh, not everyone is solution-oriented. Um, and it's fine. I mean, there's people who are just there to complain, and that's good because I never complain, and the world is like not moving forward a lot because of me because I just never complain. I see the same thing at work. Because you have the people who are the, their, their glasses all full. You have the people who are their glasses half empty. My glass is always full. You know, 
I'm the third person. Like I just everything is always fine. But we, with people like me, nothing fucking change <laughs> because everything is fine. You know. Well, there is actually something to it when you say it. Like I mean, <laughs> we need the contrast in life also to grow, whatever that means. You know, it has to be painful sometimes in order to get better. Right? Absolutely. There's something on it. I mean, um. I have actually another question. Like, I'm what I see, how I see you so far, um, because I know right now at Ubisoft, maybe you can tell us a little bit about you're a team leader right now. You you have a higher position now. You're, um, yeah, right. AA, does everyone know here, by the way, what an AA level gamer, senior uh, level game designer is? <laughs> I don't even know what this title It's always confusing me. So tell us a little bit about maybe first, what is that? What, what are your things? What are you doing? How are you leading the team? And what's well, right now, you doing that? right now I'm in the, an associate director, and uh, well, the AAA is because I work in the AAA industry, basically. I'm not making indie games, uh, but yeah, uh, that's really interesting right now because of COVID and everything. This is a new position, but I'm a manager, so basically I always joke that I'm not doing anything anymore. Uh, my goal is to be surrounded by people who knows how to do things, and I'm really grateful for that because I have an amazing team. But uh, yeah, I mean, that's like, how can I describe my job without saying anything because of my current position at the current company that I am? Um, basically, my role as an associate director is to just make sure that all the component of the game that I'm in charge follow the credit direction, basically. Uh, I'm not doing it myself, my teams or team of team of teams are doing so. And basically, I just overlook the thing and make sure that everything goes along. Um, I'm not a micromanager because I had to deal with that before in the past, and I hate it so much. Um, so I just, I really overlook things. I don't, I'm not the type of guy who will go over the shoulder of my people every day and be like, oh, what are you doing today? Oh, what are you doing today? You know, every day and stuff. Uh, I don't do that uh, because that's freaking annoying and I'm really happy that the people I work with also are really happy about it. Um, so yeah, I just really basically overlook a lot of things, but I'm also a manager. So, you know, I care for my people. I want to make sure that, you know, they're happy and I give them job that I feel that they will be happy to work on. And I ask, it's, it's a constant communication to make sure that like basically everybody's happy, you know, uh, it's not always the case because you have sad part of games that you have to do sometimes and it's not the most fun, but it has to be done. But uh, yeah. So uh, yeah, that's pretty much what I'm doing. It sounds not like a lot right now, but uh, that's a lot of work <laughs> because I own a lot of things in the games that I'm doing basically. So I'm just saying like basically if we fail, it's because of me and if we win, it's because of my team. So uh, Yep, the, the world needs more leader and less uh, boss, basically. That's my strong belief. What's the difference? Boss empowered themselves, leaders empower their peers. That, for me, that's a big difference. And I'm the second. I really don't care about myself. I really care about my guys, basically. Um, I don't. I'm... I'm really human in that way. Uh, it's super important for me that all my teams and people are happy. And I mentor the people I can and the senior people in my team. I just move them forward. And my goal is to just make sure that everybody in my team will grow, basically. Uh, I don't, yeah, exactly, like in the chat, leader lead by example. Uh, I don't comment people. I don't tell them what to do. I guide them into finding the answers themselves. And I uh, ask them how they want to do things, basically. Like I'm not, I'm, as a designer, I'm not pushing my ideas on them. I'm taking their ideas and I'm guiding them into the credit direction of the game. Uh, I work with people who are pushing ideas into people. These are not leaders. and. Yeah, sure, it can still make a good game. It's just freaking annoying to work for. Uh, and I don't want to do that myself. Um, like a really big, um, um, damn, what's the word? Uh, 
I don't even know another word in German now. Stupid. I don't know German. That'll be hard. <laughs> I I feel like in the in the industry that many people are leaving the jobs very often like uh, they're developing in one game and then they are leaving to the next company is that true or is it just my personal view it depends um it changed it changes a lot but i think that's the thing now like it takes three or four three to five years to make a game uh so yeah there's a lot of people when they're done with one game they just leave because well they spent like three to five years mm -hmm. uh making that game so they they just want to see something else. I, when I was at Ubisoft back home, I stayed for 10 years. Uh, I didn't move away from Ubisoft because I was angry or anything. I just wanted to see something new. Because everybody, every company worked differently. So changing companies is also really good for you as an employee because you see a different way of making games. Um, so it's not like badly viewed or anything. Obviously, if you look at someone and that person has worked at 13 different companies in 13 years, maybe it's a problem, uh, but, you know, it's like, yeah, three, three, four, five years, something like that, people change, and you have the people who just stay at the same company forever, which is not too bad either. Uh, but yeah, uh, people don't leave, uh, like, they've, what's, what's the saying? People don't leave companies, they leave manager or something like that. It's kind of true. Uh, I left DICE because uh, I didn't find the job I was given interesting. It was not because like DICE was bad or anything. DICE is an amazing company. It's really cool to work for DICE. Uh, and it was the, the opportunity at Ubisoft that I wanted to go. I basically wanted to come back to Ubisoft also. So I applied. Uh, you know, I left Ubisoft because I wanted to see something else. Larian didn't work well. I ended up in a burnout. I wanted to change my whole life, and I ended up in Sweden. You know, uh, people change companies sometimes because they want to see something else. People leave company because sometimes they are really badly treated. Uh, people leave companies. You know, there's all these different reasons. But people change a lot in the industry. Actually, a good thing. I mean, you also grow a lot, right? I mean, um, especially in an industry where it's like working with a lot of new software. You know, everything um gets developed so fast these days you know and if you if you want to stay like vivid in between the job you probably need to learn and gain more experience like every every day you know you need to be willing to learn as well right absolutely and i think it's also probably easier for your inner peace if you are again not too attached right to your one project like i mean of course go full in giving everything properly is a good advice you could give somebody who ever works in whatever industry you're working in. Um, but don't be too much attached because then, yeah, it could break you, right? Oh, absolutely. And uh, I think that's one good way of really going straight into a burnout if you take stuff, like I said before, way too personally, or if you just keep holding on your things. Sometimes you just... You know, if I ask my guys to change something, I will usually have a reason to do so. And I ask them the same thing. If they design something and I ask them why they've done it and they don't have any reason, I would probably ask them to just remove that thing. If there's no reason to be, just just don't do it, you know? The, we need to make games into, like, like I said earlier, it's, it's, it's hard and it has to be done quick-ish. Uh, so, you know, you I cut where you, have, you can what cut. Do you think what do you think about like wasn't that be useful for your industry as well? I don't know actually which company that was, but I heard of a company which had like a five five um, day work week, and on one day of the work they could do whatever they want to do, like they had one day where they can, yeah, they can basically do whatever they do um, during working hours, and the reason was so. By, let's just say they will design another map level, whatever, which doesn't matter maybe in, in your case, but they still learn something and they do something for the pressure. Maybe something else will develop out of that, right? Mm -hmm. what, do you, what do you think about that? Oh, it's really cool. Uh, I Waste mean, of time or? No, absolutely not. Absolutely not. Uh, I know obviously Google does that on Friday. They can oh, work on their personal yeah. project and stuff. Uh, we had that thing at Dice too. I think it was once a month. Uh, we could do whatever we wanted on Friday or every three weeks or something like this. Um, it's good. It's good also to just like you know, just change your mind a little bit and stuff. 
um, it's good like you know if you can just even be like doing research and play games on your work time because it's related and things like it's it's obviously yes it's really good uh, whatever that is what just are... something that is related maybe. sorry sorry yeah, yeah. Uh, what about recommendation recommendations you hear very often in your industry it's it's sort of related to what I said before with the open mindset um, it's super important to want to learn um, change like game change so fast how we make game change so fast there's all these different technicalities and how this is done and how this is this and that um, but there's also the you know that's why we I always want to hire new people because they have the flame you know mm-hmm. they're they're happy to be there they're not broken yet they want to do something new they want like you know they have this this hype and stuff and then you have the old people like me or the others and they're like eh, we've been doing that for that way for 10 years it works no need to change uh that sucks so you know even people with experience like people should have a more open mind uh yeah don't get attached to your things uh have an open mind um talk obviously uh video game is a team work some people forget that sometimes it's like it's a big teamwork and when i say big it's big like i work with thousands of people on one game uh across the world communication is super super important and as a designer it's one of the key soft skills that you can have uh, do you because- even learn that <laughs> Do you even learn that? Yeah, because I mean, that's that's the one thing I think we as humans fail the most. It's communication. Yeah. Oh, it's a, it's a never-ending process. You can always communicate more. I think um, you can always communicate better, also, mm-hmm. because communicating communicate, communicating more doesn't mean it's better. Uh, you know, when you start spamming people with email you're kind of losing the thing because people would just not read what you're writing, for example. Um, but you're communicating more and better. This is so important. Uh, yeah, because it's a teamwork. And especially as a designer, you have to be able to, uh, well, sell your design, basically. Mm-hmm. And it's for, for maybe more introvert people sometimes or people with lack of communication skill. It's really hard to be a designer. Because part of it is just, yeah, you have to sell your thing. Uh, and if you can't really communicate why your design is good, uh, well, that might be a problem. So, yeah, this is, this is another really, really important thing uh, to have, obviously. There's probably a lot more. Uh, <laughs> I could probably talk about that for a long time. Just really not coming to my head right now. Can you tell me the one thing where you're better than anyone else? That I'm better than anyone else. Mm-hmm. What's your What's your one thing which makes you better than anyone else? Making people happy. <laughs> that's a good switch. I wanted to talk about positivity. Yeah, I know, but that's that's like, I think it is. Funnily enough, um, I don't know. I have it in me. People usually laugh around me, and um, I got told that in the past that I was like the sunshine of the team and whatever cheesy freaking word that you can use. Mm-hmm. Um, and the more I got told that, the more I realized that it was true and the more I wanted to kind of focus on that thing. Uh, I strongly believe that I'm not the best level designer that ever existed, far from it. Uh, but I'm a really, really good team person. Uh, and now as a manager, I'm really happy because I can really shine through mm-hmm. that thing with team building stuff and I always say to my team that we're the best team and this and that and you know I I compliment people and whatever little details here and there but like usually people end meetings with smiles on their face and stuff like that so I think it helps Uh, happy designer create good games No, I forgot my question. <laughs> We're talking about yeah, positive mindset. Yes. I, I would like to know, like, um, wh- when and why, like, your name, Jeff the West Factor, in case, guys, um, I don't <laughs> know if you all followed him on Twitter. His name is Jeff the West Factor. Um, it's huge to me. <laughs> exactly. So, um, 
So what, how, can you tell me the story about the name? And well, how you came up with that? It was super funny because obviously I'm, I'm always pro positivity and respect and whatever, you know, the thing that is really lacking on the internet. And um, I don't remember why, but I was like, you know, well, I had with my other Twitter account that I had like 4,000 followers before I deleted it. Like people were happy to follow me because I was always spreading positivity and stuff and whatever. Like I said, the thing that is really lacking on the internet, especially on Twitter. And um, yeah, there's someone who tweeted like, you should rename yourself Dr. Respect because of Dr. Disrespect. And I was like, yeah, that would be a little bit too much, I think, to be like the thing. Like, <laughs> he has a brand. He's absolutely huge and stuff. So I was just fiddling about that thing. And I was like, well, the respecter. Like, you have the punisher and then you have the respecter. So I was like, yeah, cool. I could do that. That's a cool name, I think. The superhero so... for positivity. <laughs> yeah, exactly. That's my superpower. <laughs> uh... So yeah, I'm, I'm just, like I said earlier, my glass is always full. I'm super optimist, uh, way too much probably, way, way too much. But yeah, I don't know, it brings happiness to the people around me. So why the fuck not? <laughs> I think we need more of these actually. Um, Maybe. When you, when you started the thing, um, like, did you, did anything change um, for you? Like, um like connecting through the online world in another way you mean when i started like spreading positivity or something yeah. well not really i just realized that i ha i was starting to have like quite a followers people on twitter and i was like why not you know i would just start spreading cool stuff and like remember that uh, you're amazing or like whatever i was writing i don't remember yeah but um, it didn't really change anything. It was just fun. But I just, I saw that people were enjoying that because it's so rare on social media. And even if like, there were some people probably wrote like, like, if I recall correctly, that like it was too cheesy or like it was such a beta move. Like whatever the fuck these people, fucking dudes on the internet. Like, you know, it's not alpha to be positive, <laughs> you know? Um, but like, I just, I don't remember exactly, but I, I just saw like, I could, I could, I could make someone happy just by posting a thing. It doesn't take long, it takes one minute to write something, uh, but nobody does it. It's kind of weird. Like it literally takes a minute to just spread positivity. Just go on someone's channel with art and just write that their art is beautiful. It doesn't take anything and that person would be happy, you know? So I started doing that a lot, and then I realized that some people started doing it also, which I was like, whoa, that's cool, okay, it's, it's, it's spreading, you know? And uh, I saw people, like, who were sad or in depression, it was like, oh, I'm so happy every day, I can see a little thing from you, Jeff, or anything. And when I rejoined Twitter, like, what, two months ago, I think, or three months? Yeah. People realized that I was back, and they wrote to me, like, oh, I'm so happy you're back. Like, like people were happy that I was back on Twitter just because of the positivity I was bringing before, which I have never expected. Like someone wrote like, oh, you made my day. You're back on Twitter. I'm like, shit, dude, I'm just, I'm just, I'm just a normal guy. There's nothing special about me, you know, but I'm happy that I made your day because I'm back on Twitter. That's cool, I guess, you know? <laughs> so that's, that's what I, I saw that was coming out of this basically. I guess, yes, if more people would do it, that would probably be just better, right? I don't see any negativity in that. Uh, I think it's so much easier these days to talk about negative stuff than bringing up positive stuff. Well, negative, when it, negativity brings clicks, you know? People want to see the edginess. People want to see blood. People want to see, they want to see the, the unseen, you know? Mm -hmm. It's like, it's, it's always the same thing. You, you, you remember a lot of bad shit. You remember good stuff, but you remember a lot of bad shit in your life, you know? It's just that's that's probably how a human works, you know. I'm not an anthropologue, but uh, it's just it's just how it is. Like you look at the newspaper, and the the good news are rare because that doesn't sell. People don't want to look at cool stuff, I guess. You know, that's just how it is. It's not just on the internet. It just the internet is just an amplifier, basically. Uh, 
So yeah, I'm trying with my, my little self to at least bring some positivity around me because you don't have to look far to find bad news. Yeah. But if you go on Google and you write like good news of the day, it's way harder to find. <laughs> Interestingly enough, just writing like I wanted to do that at some point. I wanted to create a blog to spread good news. And Jesus, it was so hard. Oh, by the to way, find I was so sad. You had a blog once, right? Yes. Oh, yes, because I found your page and I heard from Fergan before, like that you had a blog, and then I looked for it, and then Fergan said to me, like, "Oh yeah, he took it down." I was like, "Damn!" Yeah. Took it down. I, I, I'm pretty sure you wrote down so many awesome stuff there. I was. A, I'm a super impulsive guy, and I was like, "All right, let's remove everything," and I deleted my blog. And then a lot of people were writing to me in the level design community, like. Hey Jeff, I was trying to look at this and this article you wrote, and I can't find it anymore. I was like, Did you delete yeah. like really every everything, like everything. your computer? There's mm. nothing left. It was not on my computer, <laughs> so yeah, it's just gone. <laughs> it was really bad. Sorry about that, people. <laughs> Blog about though, was it like basically like you telling everything about your struggles within? The gaming industry and your personal struggles, or yeah, I was writing about like my passion, level design, my life in Sweden in general, whatever, what everything. I'm gonna get a go at it again. I will see. I don't know. I'm always doing one billion things. <laughs> Fear gun. I don't know. She's probably could it be, could know, it be that this is that. the kind of mindset actually that brought you that far? Yes. I mean, like. Absolutely. Yes, Just because I always, yeah, I, I, yes, I go for it. Uh, when I have an idea in mind, I really go for it. Um, and I'm really impulsive on that way. If I really want something, if I really want to do something, I will do it. And when I do something, I do it like 500%. Uh, and that's probably why I'm in Sweden now, because I was like, yep, I want to get somewhere else from Quebec, Canada. Where could I go? I love Sweden. I lived here eight years ago for a couple of months. Yeah, could be cool. Let's go. I leave everything behind and I move to Sweden alone. <laughs> it's, uh, yeah, that's that's my type of things, I guess. You learned from. Where, huh? did you learn that, where did you think you learned that from? Like, I mean, is it something you just brought with you, or did you had any experience like before you started as a game tester, like this mindset? Did you build it up, or is no. it just a character thing, or I think it's like thing to do with that. I think we're like that. I have a twin sister, is and she's pretty much the same to some extent. She always wants to do new things, you know, and she goes for it, and she puts everything that she has in it, and uh, I do the same thing. Um, that's why I always do like a billion different things because I. I put myself 100% in that, and then I jump on something new, and then I jump on something new, and that. Yeah, that's, uh, I, I think I'm just, I just always been like this. Uh, but then there, there, there was this unfortunate event in my life that uh, made me realize that I should even be more like that, and more like, you know, do live the day that you're living in, because you never know. I was I was basically uh, how many years it was four years ago I think the terrorist attack in Brussels airport with the bomb like I was there I was there an hour before the bomb exploded uh, and I when I landed basically I had so many messages from my friends and families asking me if I was right and I was like why and then I checked the news and I saw that and I was like wow shit I was literally there you know so I was like. You know, it's like, it's like when you when you when you're close to these things, you start thinking differently, because I could have been there like an hour before the the bomb could have exploded an hour before, and I was literally standing or sitting or whatever where it exploded. So uh, since that day, I was like, yeah, okay, just just fucking do whatever you want to do, just do it. You know, um, that thing came after, but I think I was always a little bit like that. So live life to the fullest? Yeah, pretty much. Mm -hmm. um, yeah, pretty much. It's just like, just just go for what you believe in. Just just do your things, you know? It's, um, yeah, I took a leap of faith coming to Sweden. I took more leap of faith in my life before, and I don't really regret anything. Um, I don't have time for that. <laughs> just go for it. 
I mean, uh, you know this uh, this quote like hard choices, easy life, easy choices, hard life. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And many times I think like people are so afraid of making a choice at all that they go for the easy choice in, instead of going for the hard choice because they're afraid they could fail. Yes, absolutely. And by going like more the way you go, um, it's not about failing, it's about going. Yeah, it's also like, I don't know, it's the excitement. I can't expect everyone to be like that. Uh, but it's the excitement. I'm not, I'm not afraid of the unknown as a person. I'm not a conservative people person in my life. Like I don't want to do the same thing again and again and again, have a new routine or something like that. It's really not me. Uh, so I will always want to try new things and stuff like this. But it's fine that there are some people who just want to do their thing and do the same thing over and over again. Like my father is like that. My parents are like that really to some extent. So I don't know why I'm like who I am. But uh, yeah, there's, it's, it's, you miss all the shots you don't take, you know. Um, so I try to take as much shot as I can, basically. But especially then, I feel taking what you said before, um, like within the day, taking this break and the time sometimes to not falling in the struggle of, I have to run, I have to run, I have to move, I have to do something, I have to do something. No, I stop what I'm doing sometimes and just come back to myself and listen to my inner self. And this is such a powerful thing to do, I think. Um, yeah, it's absolutely fine to do absolutely nothing. It's not like, oh shit, like, oh, I, I need to have joy. I need to have joy for eight hours per day. No, don't, don't put yourself the stress of trying to be happy eight hours per day. Uh, you know, that's, that's the thing I also learned when I was uh, with uh, my, uh, my professional, when I was talking, when I was in burnout, you know, and I was like, oh, but I have to, uh, I have to go do this tonight and stuff because, you know, and she was like, no, <laughs> no, that's the wrong way of seeing things. You don't have to do anything. If tonight you feel like doing absolutely jack shit, just do jack shit, and that's fine, you know. But at least go full in. No, yeah, exactly. Like, yeah. like whatever you just, do. Yeah, that's, that's. Enjoy the moment. For me, it works. That's the thing, right? Everybody's different. Yeah. For me, it works. Um, some people just want to touch little things, and that's fine. Just do little things here and there, and then chill the rest of the day or whatever. That's fine. Uh, for some people, happiness means doing nothing, you know, or reading a little book or something like that. And that's that's cool. For me, it's like, yeah, sometimes it's reading a book, sometimes it's playing games, sometimes it's carving wood, sometimes it's playing bass, sometimes it's going climbing, something. I could go on forever with all the example because I do so many different things, but uh, that's what works for me. The moral of the story, like just find what makes you happy and just, just go for it. Yeah, by the way, next time I come to Sweden, take me climbing. Okay. I haven't climbed in quite some time, but sure. <laughs> <Me neither. laughs> I could. <laughs> mm -hmm. <clears throat> um, no, I'm still, I'm still missing you guys. It was really amazing over there. Um, I have one last question for you. Yes. If you could put a gigantic billboard in front of Stockholm with yes. your personal message to whoever is seeing that, what would that be? Uh, bring happiness to the world, I guess. That would be the simplest way. Uh, that would be that, probably. It's just like I, like I said before, everybody, like seriously, you have two kids and like, you know, there's a lot of really, really buzzy people in the world, but it takes a minute to write to someone and say like whatever cool things um, everybody can do that i'm pretty sure there's so much like scroll twitter le one less minute per day and write the message to someone you care uh one minute per day you know that's like that's really easy everybody can do that and i'm sure like you know the world would be a happier place if everybody was doing the same this this thing basically i think i would i, I think i would do that Probably just just bring happiness to the world. <laughs> it could be cool, I guess. Definitely, definitely. Uh, I think actually, if if you're open to that, like each day, just to have this one moment of bringing happiness to somebody else, if you would live it like a habit, I think actually everything would change around you. Like people would see you differently as well, and would react differently to you as well because they know this positive energy is coming around. You know. No, exactly. I mean, it, it has happened to me, a random person on the internet writing happiness stuff. You know? 
So I wouldn't see why it would not like happen to anybody else. Not be a creep, obviously. Just 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 write cool things about people. That's fine, you know. <laughs> Don't be a creep. Did you have any experience with that? No, but that's the internet, <laughs> you know. There's there's some way of saying things, so you know it could be. Uh, you know, don't go to a person for photograph and be like, oh, you're super hot or something. Okay, I, that's not exactly I, I, what I'm okay, talking Okay, that's not the same positivity. I see, I see, okay. See? I think that's I, not I exactly. I do no, exactly. That's okay. not exactly what I'm talking If I do that tomorrow, though, you know why I'm doing that. That's fine. You can't blame me. <laughs> oh, Jeff, <laughs> you look good today. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks. See, well, that, that thing worked. That thing is it's not creepy at all. That's, that's fine, I think, in my book. But, uh, yeah. I do that all the time at work when I talk with my, my colleague and stuff. I tell the, everyone that they're beautiful and beautiful smile today and you know, whatever. Especially in Sweden, like people are like, huh? They're kind of, they, 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 they not sure. It's like, they're kind of happy, I think. They're inside. They're just not sure what happened. They're like, oh, what? But I'm so not Swedish. So, uh, you know. I could, I can pull this card. Oh, we yeah, can, you can, just, you can just go for it. Well, I'm yeah. Canadian. That's no, exactly. That's me. That's, we're we're just a, a bunch of cool guys, you know. So <laughs> just like appreciate our, our our cool guyness. Um, is there anything um you think I missed basically asking you during this podcast where you feel like this is something? I don't think so. I mean, we can we could we could talk for hours, probably. I know but, we could uh, talk for hours, but I think we are reaching the end right now. <laughs> yeah, we talked a lot when you were in Sweden, anyway. So uh, yeah. Um, uh, no, I don't think so. I, I didn't even knew what was the. the I knew that it was like probably about positivity and stuff and whatever. But uh, you know, for once, I was kind of happy to not only talk about my work because I always just talk like. I know your podcast is like the fourth or fifth podcast that I participated, and uh, it's obviously always about level design because that's that's who I am. Uh, but that was a bit different, so it was cool. Yeah, it was actually also difficult for me because I kind of heard all of them, and I would try. I was like, okay, how can I ask the questions which they didn't ask? You know, how can I get away from that? Mm -hmm. You know, and try to get the connection for the normal person. So this is uh, a kind of different, difficult for me as well. So I hope I, I, I did a good job today. Amazing. Yes. <laughs> uh, guys, you 